Welcome to the Dew of Heaven service with Reverend Brighton Krumah. Reverend Brighton Krumah brings you powerful and practical teachings of the Word of God, which is able to save your soul. Reverend Bright currently pastors the Bronx North Branch of the Kodesh Family Church in New York City, a church full of love, joy, and enthusiasm for the Lord. We pray that this message brings hope and light to your life. Listen and be blessed. Arise and shine. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for a beautiful day. We thank you for a great day. Father, we thank you for making it possible for your sons and daughters to gather at your feet. We pray, Lord, that you give us of your spirit to teach us in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Clap your hands together for Jesus and please be seated. Wonderful. Well, like I was saying, we had a, a very powerful summit, Congress, rally, meeting, gathering with a bishop. We named it everything except camp for some reason because it didn't meet the criteria. But um, we had a very powerful gathering with our father, the prophet, and I believe that those of you who were there, your lives have been changed. Amen. I believe that you have been transformed. Your attitude has been changed completely. Amen. Amen. Now, Bishop shared something. You know, she shared a scripture in Isaiah chapter 5. And I just want to read our scripture in the New Living Translation. Isaiah chapter 5 and verse 1. just want to read this before we begin my message. It says, Now... I will sing for the one I love about his vineyard. I'm preaching about it is a great thing to serve the Lord. It is a great thing to serve the Lord. How many of you believe that it is a great thing to serve the Lord? One, two, three, four, five, six. At least half of the, well, at least all of you believe that it's a great thing to serve the Lord. Indeed, it's a great thing to serve the Lord. Stella, it is a great thing to serve the Lord. Hallelujah. Isaiah 5 says, Now I will sing for the one I love a song about his vineyard. My beloved had a vineyard on a rich and fertile hill. He plowed the land, cleared its stones, and planted it with the best vine. Hallelujah. You are the best vine that God has selected and planted in his vineyard. Hallelujah. He says he has a vineyard and he cleared the stones. He cleared it and he planted it with the best vines. Then he says, in the middle, he built a watchtower and carved a wine press in the nearby rocks. Now, when you build, when you have a vineyard and you build a wine press, it means that you are waiting for the, the, the fruits to come and then you will press them and then produce wine. Amen. So you have anticipation. It says, then he waited for a harvest of sweet grapes. Say, sweet grapes. Sweet. Say, I produce sweet grapes. Say, only sweet grapes come out of me. 
It says, then he waited for a harvest of sweet grapes, but the grapes that grew were bitter. Now you people of Jerusalem and Judah, you judge between me and my vineyard. So God is asking us, church, you judge. I planted a vineyard and I built a wine press and I was expecting sweet grapes, but out of it, out of my vineyard, only wild grapes, bitter grapes came out. Now you judge between me and my vineyard. He says, what more could I have done for my vineyard that I have not already done? When I expected sweet grapes, why did my vineyard give me bitter grapes? Now let me tell you what I will do to my vineyard. I will tear down its hedges and let it be destroyed. Say hedges. Hedges. It says, I will tear down its hedges and let it be destroyed. I will break down its walls and let the animals trample it. Say walls. Say hedges. Say walls. It says, I will break down its walls and let the animals trample it. I will make it a wild place where the vines are not pruned and the ground is not hold. A place overgrown with briars and thorns. I will command the clouds to drop no rain on it. It means I'm giving up on my vineyard. Amen. Amen. Now, I ponder over this scripture, and I wonder, what does it really mean when God removes the hedges? What does it really mean when God removes the hedges that are around us? And who is God protecting us from? And do we really need a hedge? Do we really need a hedge? And then what is the hedge? Where is the hedge? Amen. Because, you see, when we don't really know the answers to these questions, when we don't really ponder over these things and we don't know the answers to these questions, then we don't really take this seriously. It doesn't really mean much to us to say, I'll remove the hedges. Because we can't even see the hedges you're talking about when we don't know and when we don't understand. So that is why, one of the reasons why Christianity or your Christianity is the way it is. Because you don't know. You do not know what has been done for you and what is going on around you. You are ignorant of what is going on around you And so when God speaks like this, you don't take him seriously. Amen. Amen. So this afternoon, we are going to try to find out what God is actually protecting us from. We are going to find out what is going on around us. And we are going to find out, not from anyone, we are not going to ask God, but we are going to ask the person That God is protecting us from. How many of you know who God is protecting us from? Did I hear someone? 
Satan. Wow. <laughs> we are going to find out from Satan what God is protecting us from. Amen. And I want us to read in Job chapter 1 and verse 1. You see, when you don't know, you don't take certain things seriously. Job chapter 1 and verse 1. It says, there was a man in the land of Uz whose name was Job. This is one of my favorite scriptures. You know, I love Job. He says, there was a man in the land of Uz whose name was Job. And that man was perfect and upright. And one that feared God and eschewed evil. The Bible says this man feared God. That means he reverend God. He respected God. He feared God. He served God with fear. Amen. Amen. Many Christians today don't fear God. Many Christians don't fear God. Hallelujah. They make the church like a place where they just spend their Sundays. It's like your Sunday that you go to church, you know, but no reverence for God. No, you know that on Sundays there are no stores, you know, the recreational parks and there's no activity. You are not working, so why just let's go to church. That is most of Christians, our attitude. Amen. Amen. The, and the Bible says, and he eschewed evil. He eschewed evil. He eschewed evil. What does it mean to eschew? It means to deliberately avoid. To deliberately avoid. So this Job, he deliberately avoided evil. He searched for evil to avoid him. Are you understanding what I'm sharing with you? He abstained from evil. Deliberately avoid evil. See, people who claim to be Christians and deliberately come to church, even to sin. Deliberately. It's like you welcome evil. You, you deliberately come to church to gossip about people. You are not gossiping at work. You come to church deliberately to gossip. Because when you are coming, you have some things that you have heard that you are going to meet your friend and you are going to talk about. About people. Deliberate acts. Or you don't understand what I'm saying. Or what I'm saying doesn't happen in this church. You have no idea. You have no idea. You deliberately gather people to talk about another person. Deliberately. You deliberately speak in such a way that certain people don't feel comfortable to come in the house of God. You deliberately lie in a church. No fear. No fear of God. Lie in a church. Commit fornication in the church. 
you don't commit fornication outside. But in the church. Adultery in the church. You look funny at girls in the church. In the church. And looking funny at men in the church. You deliberately come to church to find young men in the church. To target young men in the church. I'm preaching. No reverence for God. No reverence. No fear. No respect for God. Amen. Some of you, your behavior drives people out of the church. Your behavior. It drives people. It drives people out of God's work. Your behavior makes people not want to do the work of God. Your behavior. Today I want you to really reflect on your behavior. And say, what have I done that is making this man speak the way he's speaking? I'm talking to you. You, you, you. I say you, you. I don't, you can bend your eyes or head and it will not point you. I'm talking to you. You, you, you. I'm talking to you. Amen. It says, verse 2, And there were born unto him seven sons and three daughters. His substance also was 7,000 sheep. I'm, te- I'm talking about it is a great thing to serve the Lord. He says, he, his substance, his goods, his substance also was 7,000 sheep and 3,000 camels. Camels in those days were like Rolls Royce. Do you understand? If you have one, it means you are, you have a Lamborghini camel. Lamborghini camel. Yeah. 3,000 camels and 500 yoke of oxen and 500 she asses and a very great household. I tell you, it is a great thing to serve the Lord. And a very great household. So that this man was the greatest of all the men of the East. May you be great as you serve God. May you receive greatness as you serve God. May you be counted among the greatest. Amen. He said he's one of the greatest. Or he's the greatest in all of the East. May you be great at your job. May you be great among your colleagues. Amen. Amen. May your substance be described as very great. When they talk about your substance, may they use greatness to describe your substance. Amen. Amen. You will have a great household. Great household. Great household. Hallelujah. You will have sons and daughters, houses, cars, great household. In the name of Jesus, receive it, receive it, receive it. Great household, great household. Verse 4, it says, And his sons went and feasted in their houses, everyone his day. And his sons, you see, the Bible says he 
there were born unto him seven sons and three daughters. And his sons, like the whole of the week, every day is for one. One son, he will host all of That's all they will do. You see, because it means that it's a whole week. That is a great household. The sons, they have mansions, each one of them. Seven of them. And every day of the week, one of them has a turn. That all of you are coming to my house. May that be described about you and your children. He says, all of you are coming to my house today. Do you understand? He says, and it was so, he says, and his sons went and feasted in their houses. Everyone his day. That means every day one has a turn. And sent and called for their three sisters to eat and to drink with them. I mean, seven days a week. They are relaxed. People are working for them. They don't need to work. That is a great household. And it was so. When the days of their feasting were gone about, that Job sent and sanctified them and rose up early in the morning and offered burnt offerings according to the number of them all. For Job said, It may be that my sons have sinned and cursed God in their hearts. Thus did Job continually. You see, this man didn't want to have anything to do with evil. He didn't want to be associated at all with evil. So he says, when his sons go partying like that in one of their houses, he will call them in the end, and then he will sanctify, give offerings to the Lord for each one of them, just in case as they were there, there was some sin that came amongst them. Just in case. That means the man was continually interceding for his children. Praying for his children because they were feasting every day. And so he was interceding every day for his children to drive out any evil. Plead with God to forgive the children for any evil that may have come over them. Verse 6 says, Now there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord. And guess who came? Satan came also among them. Wow. Satan came also among them. Satan comes to church when there is a service. You see, because sometimes I wonder why people sin in the church. Like they, you, you can stand before a pastor and then you lie. So I didn't understand. I said, ah. It could be maybe outside at work or somewhere, but in the church. So now I realize that Satan, he comes in the church. He comes in the church and then he makes the people sin in the church. Now, if Satan comes to church when there's a service, then I think you are not trying at all. Satan comes to church and you are sleeping. What a shock! I think sometimes Satan looks at you and he's shocked. He says, ah, you, you call yourself a Christian. Because he will wake up and then you realize, hey, I almost missed the service. And then he will be running to make it. And then he will come. 
And you will come to church. And then you are home. You are sleeping. And Satan is here. Satan comes to church and you are not here all the time. He says, he heard. He says, hey, the sons of God are gathering. I have to be there also. It's church service. I have to be there. So I believe sometimes Satan comes to your house and then he finds you sleeping. He says, Charlie, you, you surprised me. Oh. Hey, I mean, you are not afraid. All night we are praying and you, you are sleeping. Satan is shocked. Some of you, you shock Satan. But I think as for church attendance, you must do better than Satan. I say you must do better than Satan. Tell your neighbor, you must do better than Satan. You should do better than Satan. As for this one, you must try. I say you must try. You shock Satan. And the Lord said unto Satan, Whence comest thou? Then Satan answered the Lord and said, From going to and fro in the earth, and from walking up and down in it. Do you see? So Satan has roamed the whole earth. He's tired, but he has come to church. You, you want to work, and then you came and said, I'm tired, so I was taking a nap. I didn't come to church. Satan is running. The Lord said, ah, where are you coming from? <laughs> it's been a busy night. <laughs> I have been going back and forth from up and down the earth. I have finished all of them. And I realized that the rest, nothing is really in them. So I came to church to see if I can find one here. To see if I can use one here to cause confusion. You know how I am. It's my nature. You know, if I can find one here to lie, at least to the pastor today. So the Lord said, Whence comest thou? Then Satan answered, From going to and fro in the earth, and from walking up and down in it. And the Lord said unto Satan, has thou considered my servant Job, that guy in the back? Have, has thou considered my servant Job, that there is none like him in the earth, a perfect man and an upright man, one that feared God. This is God describing Job. He says, one that feared God and eschewed evil. Then Satan answered the Lord and said, Oh, does Job fear God for nothing? That means, that does Job serve you for nothing? He says, Oh, Job. He says, Does Job fear you for nothing? You see, because Job, God answered Job. God answered Satan and asked Satan, Have you considered my servant Job? Have you tried him? And then Satan said, Oh, does Job fear you for nothing? Job is another guy. Does he fear you for nothing? In other words, when someone is serving you like the way Job is serving you, they know what they are getting from it. That is what Satan was saying. 
Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? Satan was saying that if anyone will serve you the way Job is serving you, of course, they must be benefiting. They must have some benefits. It's not for nothing. Are you understanding what I'm sharing with you? It's not for nothing. It means that Job is not serving you for nothing. It means that it is not useless to serve God. It is not a waste of time to serve God. And the one that is saying this is Satan. Satan is the one that is saying that it is not a waste of time to serve God. He says, Job is serving you and I see what he's getting from you. You don't understand the word of God this afternoon. This is not God saying it. This is Satan saying it. That it is not useless to serve God. It is not waste of time to serve God. It is no waste of money to serve God. If you are taking a cab to come to church, it is not waste of money. If you are using your gas to go and gather people and let God see that you are serving him, you are not wasting time, you are not wasting money, you are not wasting your resources. And this is coming from the, the devil. And so sometimes the devil looks at some of the people and says, they don't know what they are missing. They don't know what they are missing. How can they just avail themselves like that? They don't know. He surprised. He surprised your attitude towards serving God. He surprised your approach serving God. He surprised how you deal with God. He surprised. He says, does Job serve you for nothing? Amen. Then the devil begins to list the benefits that comes to a person when he serves God truthfully, like Job. When he's, when he's a kind of person that eschews evil. When the person serves God with fear, he begins to list the benefits. Now, this list is what we are about to read, it's not from God. This is not God listening. It's not God that is saying, serve me, and when you serve me, I will give you this. I will give you that. I will give you this. It is the destroyer, the one that is making you not get these things. He's telling you why I am not able to make you not get these things. And why you have certain things. The devil, in other words, is telling us why certain people are blessed. Certain people have certain things and others don't. Do you understand the word of God? This is a list from the destroyer. The one whose work, whose main work is to destroy what you have or make you not have. So the devil begins to list. And you see he's showing us why certain people are the way they are. You see, when the thief that breaks your lock, the thief that comes and breaks your lock, he comes to break your lock. When the thief is telling you that, hey, buy this lock, you, I like you. I don't want to break. And I know thieves, the kind of locks they break. So you buy this lock and put it in your door. Would you buy that lock or you will not buy that lock? 
Would you listen to the manufacturer of locks? The guy that makes the lock to say, oh, no, no, buy this one. Is that the one you are going to listen to? Or you are going to listen to the thief? Yes. Or you don't understand what I'm sharing with you? The thief that breaks the locks is telling you, Patrick, that this is the lock that I recommend to put on your door. If you want to keep me away, have this lock. Amen. He's saying there is a whole list of benefits that comes to people. There is a whole list of benefits that comes to people when they serve the Lord. And he begins to tell us of the benefits. In other words, he's saying it is not useless to serve God. And that is coming from Satan. He says, I have destroyed many lives. I have, I have stolen many things. I have killed many people. I have destroyed many lives. And I have realized that there is something about the people who serve you in a particular way. There is something about them such that whenever I approach them, I don't seem to be able to touch them. And he begins. He says, Has thou not made an hedge about him? Has thou not made an hedge about him? This is the devil beginning to list the benefits. That when someone is serving you like the way Job is, you build a hedge around him. He said, has thou not made an hedge about him? Now, how did the devil know that there is a hedge about Job? How does he know? It means he went there. He tried to break in. He tried to steal something. It means that going to and fro, he went to Job's place. Because when, Job, when God says, have you tried my servant Job? The devil didn't ask, which one? Who, who, is, who is Job? He knew Job. The devil knows you. The devil is aware of you. The devil comes at your door constantly to see if it is open. He knows your address. How does he know that there's a, a hedge around Job? You know, there's a scripture in Ecclesiastes chapter 10 and verse 8. That's before, just quickly. It says, he that diggeth a pit shall fall into it. Ecclesiastes, Ecclesiastes chapter 10 and 8. He that diggeth a pit shall fall into it. And whoso breaketh an hedge, a serpent shall bite him. If you break the hedge, a serpent shall bite you. That means... The serpent is behind the hedge. Waiting. Thank you. The serpent is waiting constantly and he's waiting for when you break the hedge. He's waiting patiently. I'm not sure if you know how serpents wait, but they can wait patiently. And watching your movement. So it's the devil that is saying, I am outside. And the hedge is constantly there. The, the devil is waiting for the day that you will break the hedge. He says, have you not built a hedge about him and about his house? Have you not built a hedge about his house? Satan is saying that God protects families with a hedge. 
He's saying what protects families is the hedge that God builds around them. When people serve you, you build a hedge around them. I know it. That is why I can't touch Job. This is the devil saying, I know it. He says you have built a hedge about him. What makes a household great and stays great and remains great is the hedge that God builds around the household. Hallelujah. Does somebody understand what I'm sharing with you? I want you to really understand it. So I'm taking time to share this message. Or you are in a rush to... Amen. He says, you have built a hedge about him and about his house and about all that he had on every side. On every side. You have built a hedge about him, about his house, and about everything that pertains to him. You seem to have built a hedge around it. Amen. You see, you are wondering why Someone proposed to you and he changed his mind. Because there's no hedge built around that arrangement. Amen. You are wondering. He says everything about Job, there's a hedge around it. You are wondering why you cannot keep a job. You get a job and then you lose it. Every job and you lose it. Because there's no hedge round about it. There's no hedge. There's no hedge. There's no hedge. Amen. Amen. Your car is always at a mechanic. Always breaking down on the highway. Every time your car is broken down on the highway because there's no hedge around it. No hedge. Amen. Amen. He says everything about him. Everything. Everything. You bought this new dress. You are planned to wear this new dress on Reverend's birthday. You put it on the iron board. You take the iron. You put it and then... The dress is on the iron. The dress is on the iron. And you are very angry because there's no... He says everything about Job, everything about him, everything. When Job buys a microwave, it seems never to break. When Job buys a refrigerator, it's been working and working and working. When Job buys a television, it seems to be looking always new. There's... A hedge about everything that Job has. Everything that Job has. Everything. Amen. Amen. And then he says, And thou hast blessed the work of his hands. Thou hast blessed the work of his hand. I tell you, you need the blessing of God upon the work of your hand. Everyone needs the blessing of God upon the work of your hand. Without the blessing of God upon the work of your hand, you live a very frustrated life. You live a very wasteful life without the blessing of God about the work of your hand. Hallelujah. He says, and has blessed the work of his hand. This is one blessing that everyone needs. Everyone needs. You see, you don't just need a degree. You need a degree and the blessing of God on the work of your hand. Amen. 
You just don't need a skill, but you need a skill with the blessing of God on it. You have no idea what the blessing of God upon your hand means. What the, when, when, when God has not blessed the work of your hand, you get and get and get and you don't have anything. You work and work. Let me show you a scripture. Let me show you. Luke chapter 5. Luke chapter 5 and verse 1. Luke chapter 5 and verse 1. It says, And it came to pass that as the people pressed upon him to hear the word of God, he stood by the lake of Gennesaret. You'll be there. I say you'll be there. You'll be at the lake of Gennesaret. He says, And saw two ships, two ships standing by the lake, but the fishermen were gone out of them and were washing their nets. The next verse. And he entered into one of the ships, which was Simon's, and prayed him that he would thrust out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the people out of the ship. Now when he had left speaking, when he was done preaching, he said unto Simon, launch out into the deep. That means throw your nets. Because they were fishermen. And they were at the beach. And Jesus came. He saw their boat was packed. He used it. He sat on it. Because there was a big crowd. And he preached. And when he was done, he told them, because he didn't see any fish around. He says, launch your net. Throw your net into the deep. Launch out into the deep. And let down your net for a drought or for a catch. Now listen. And Simon answering said unto him, Master, we have toiled all night and have taken nothing. You see, these are special skilled fishermen. They are skilled fishermen. They were born fishermen. They have lived their lives fishermen. So they said, we have toiled all night and have caught nothing. Nevertheless, at thy word, I will let down the net. This is what we call the blessing of God upon your hand. Amen. Amen. He says, at thy word, I will let down the net. If you have spoken over it, I will let down the net. And then, when they had done this, they enclosed a great multitude of fish. And their net break. Amen. I say it is the blessing of God upon the work of your hand. You see, this was the same net, the same skill, the same man with the same hand, with the same way of throwing the net. And they threw it many times and they did not catch anything. But when the blessing came upon the work of their hand, when the blessing of the Lord came upon it, and he says, launch now into the deep. And they launched. The Bible says that that same hand, that could not catch anything. I'm telling you, it is the blessing of God upon the hand that makes you anything. You can be a very skilled fisherman and you can go all night and you will not catch anything. Amen. One time the same happening. They didn't listen. You see? And sometimes, you see, you come, you hear like this, and you're still the same. You come, you hear like this, and it's still the same. Your 
attitude towards your work is the same. Nothing has changed. John chapter 21. John chapter 21. The same people again. The same people. He says, after these things, Jesus showed himself again to the disciples at the Sea of Tiberias. You'll be there also. The Sea of Tiberias. The same people, after Jesus had died and had shown himself to them, he says, after these things, before that, the next part of it, he says, and on this wise showed he himself. He showed himself to them. Then, they were together, who? Simon Peter, Thomas called Dimas, Nathaniel of Cana in Galilee, and the sons of Zebedee, and the two other of, of his disciples. They were all there together. Simon Peter said unto them, the man is dead. I go a fishing. <laughs> you see, I'm saying that we hear and there is a truth in it. But we live it. We forget. So Simon Peter said, I go a fishing. They say unto him, we also go with thee. You know, there are certain people in the church, you have to be very careful what even you say. Because there are certain people, they look up to you. Whatever you do, they will do it. Whatever you say, they will follow you. And such a person, you have to be very careful. Even, you have to be careful even how you dress. Because certain people look up to you certain way. Is somebody understanding what I'm sharing with you? Yes. So he says, I go out fishing, and they also say, we will go with you. They went forth and entered into a ship immediately, and that night they did what? Caught nothing. Again, zero. Then, but when the morning was now come, that means all night they didn't catch anything. But when the morning was now come, Jesus stood on the shore. But the disciples knew not that it was Jesus. Then Jesus said unto them, Children, have ye any meat? They said, No. Because they didn't know it was Jesus. They wouldn't have answered like that. They said, no. Do you have any meat? No. Oh, clear off like that. Is somebody understanding? And he said unto them, cast the net on the right side of the ship, and you shall find. Cast the net on the right side, and you shall find. They cast therefore, and now they were not able to draw it for the multitude of fishes that they caught. It is the blessing of God upon the hand of a person that maketh you rich. It's not a good school. It's not a degree. It's not a skill. Amen. So Satan is saying that when people serve you, it doesn't matter what job they do. They can be fishermen. Because if you are a fisherman and every night you go and you are catching such amount You'll be the richest fisherman among the people because the blessing of God is upon your hand. He says, you have blessed the work of his hand and his substance is increased in the land. But he said, verse 11, but put forth thine hand. 
now. Remove the hedge. Put forth thine hand now and touch all that he hath. And he will curse thee to thy face. This is Satan. He says, if you want, you want, touch the hedges that are around Job. Remove everything that is about him. And he will curse you. What I will do to him today alone, he will curse you. I will make him curse you. And then he did it. I tell you, me. You, if you like, remove the hedges from him. He will change today. You see, sometimes you, 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 you lose something and then you don't even feel like coming to church. You are prayed and prayed and prayed. You went and they didn't give it to you. And he says, remove it. And you see, and the Lord said unto Satan, Behold, all that he hath is in thy power. Only upon himself put not forth thine hand. So Satan went forth from the presence of the Lord. Now I'm trying to show you what is protecting you. What is keeping you. What you are taking for granted. That you go and you come. Nothing has happened to you. That another year has been added to your life. And you are taking it for granted. Your health has been given to you and you are taking it for granted. A diagnosis is cancelled and you are taking it for granted. You have no idea the hedges that have been around you. You have no idea the boundaries that God has built around you. Because there is a serpent right at the hedge that is waiting to bite you. Amen. Is somebody understanding the word of God? There's a serpent that is right at the hedge that is waiting to bite you. There's a serpent. And it looks like a routine. It looks like routine. It looks like routine. It looks like, it looks like you are a good driver. You have driven and driven, never an accident. It looks like a routine. It looks like you, whenever you are pregnant, you go. And then the baby is here. No complication. And then you jump. And then you arise. And then you are going. And you say, as for me, once I give birth, two, three days, I'm on my feet. And then you say it with some arrogance towards other women. And to make you feel like something is special about you. But you don't know the hedge that is being around you. You don't know. You don't know. You don't know. You speak and you say, I have been on this job for 20-something years. You know, and you say, I've never been fired before. You talk about your marriage. Oh, we've been married for 20 something years. We've been married for 15 years. We've been married for, we are celebrating our 15th anniversary. And then you speak as if you are a, 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 a special woman or a special man. Is somebody understanding what I'm sharing with you? You see, some, it looks like a routine. It looks like routine. Some of you, you take the church, the hedge that is in the church for granted. You take it for granted. And it looks like a routine. Let me show you the next verse. Verse 13. Verse 13. It says, And there was a day when his sons, so now Job the enemy told Job, he said, told God, he says, remove the hedges that are around him, and you will see. So God says, okay, I remove the hedges. You see, you cannot see the hedge. You, you don't see the hedge. And that is what I'm trying to show you, that the enemy that sees 
He's telling you, you are the way you are because there's an invisible hedge that is around you which you cannot see. There is an invisible hedge. I see, but you cannot see. So he told the Lord, and the Lord removed the hedges from Job, everything that he has. He says, it's not just the, it's not because of my protection. It means that there are hedges that are around you when you serve God. It's a great thing to serve the Lord. I say, it is a great thing to serve the Lord. It is not useless. It is not waste of time to serve God. So he removed the hedges. God removed the hedges. Do you see any hedge being removed? You see, you can't see it. But there are hedges that are around you. So the same way, you see, and there was a day when his sons and his daughters were eating and drinking wine in their elder brother's house. It was his turn. It was Wednesday and it was the elder brother's turn. The same way it has been always in verse 4. Do you remember verse 4? Look at verse 4. Look at verse 4. Go back to verse 4. He says, and his sons went and feasted in their houses everyone his day. Everyone his day. And sent and called for their sisters and to eat and to drink with them. And they'll feast and then they'll finish and as they are, they are going, all the brothers are going and then, okay, Charlie, next week. I'll see you Wednesday. Sister, I'll see you Thursday. We are meeting at Job, Job, um, David Job's house. Okay, sister, I'll see you Friday. No, no, no. Friday, no, Friday, you are coming to me. Friday, they are all coming to me. It's my turn. Ah, don't miss the schedule. Friday is my turn. And so they are, they just part like that. They are drunk and they are going, they know their father is going to call them and do his things, pray and sanctify this old man. Remember, you know the old man is going to call us. So, you know, don't, don't forget. Set your alarm, you know, and set your alarm and wake up because the old man, you know, and they are drunk. Are you understanding what I'm sharing with you? You know 5 a.m. he's going to do his devotional and he's going to call us. So have your phone with you and come. But Thursday, we are coming to. So the same way, the same routine. You don't know the hedge that is around you. You don't know the hedge that God has built around you. You don't know. And it looks as if routine. It looks as if it's routine. So he says, verse, go back to my verse. What was it? 14. 13. He says, and there was a day, a day, Wednesday, when his sons and his daughters were eating and drinking wine in their elder brother's house. And there came a messenger unto Job and said, the oxen were plowing and the asses feeding beside them. As usual, the same way. The accents, you have big farm, a lot of accents. They were plowing. The workers were there. And the asses were feeding. The camels were feeding. Besides them, nothing unusual has happened. We have not done anything differently. And the Sabians fell upon them. They are coming, he's coming the messenger is coming with this message to Job. And said, we didn't do anything wrong. We didn't speak. We didn't shout. We didn't say anything to the Serbians. We are just the same routine. Our usual routine. We have been doing this for years. As the accents are plowing, the asses are feeding. That is what we were doing. And the Serbians fell upon them and took them away. 
Yea, they have slain the servants with the hedge of the sword, and I only am escaped alone to tell thee. Is somebody understand what I'm sharing with you? I only am escaped alone to tell thee. So you see, there's a hedge about you. And Satan is bringing to your attention. He is shocked that you don't mind about this hedge. He is surprised that you don't care about this hedge. He is surprised that because you go and you come. And you don't know what your father has been doing that has built a hedge around you. As you go for your parties and you drink and you come. You see some of you Saturday you, you are drunk. Christian, you are drunk. But there's a head that is around you. I said there's a head that is around you. And so he says, and I only am escaped alone to tell thee. The next one, he says, while he was yet speaking, there came also another and said, the fire of God is fallen upon from heaven and hath burned up the sheep and the servants and consumed them. And I alone escaped to come and tell thee. So within days, within hours, within hours, when the head is removed, you see, you have no idea what the enemy wants to do around you. You have no idea how the enemy is poised to bite you. But there is a head that is around you. I said there is a head that is around you. May your head never be broken. I said may your head never be broken. It is indeed a great thing to serve the Lord. The enemy is telling us that it is a great thing to serve the Lord. Job has become great because he served the Lord. And the enemy is pointing out to us how great it is to serve the Lord. That he will build a hedge around you. Run about your children. When your children are in college, let me tell you, there are certain children that go to colleges and they come back differently. You have no idea. But may there be a hedge around your children. I say, may there be a hedge around your children. It is not useless to serve God. It is not a waste of time to serve God. And as you serve God, may there be a hedge around you. May the hedge be around your money. May the hedge be around your substance. May the hedge be around your household. May the hedge be around your family, around your marriage, around your relationships. May the hedge of God be around you. May the hedge never be broken. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Everything that you have, let there be a hedge run about it. In the name of Jesus. Then the hedge that is around you, may it never be broken. He says, he that breaketh the hedge, a serpent shall bite him. May the serpent never bite you. You will never be bitten by the serpent. You will never be bitten by the serpent. In the name of Jesus. Stand to your feet, please. There's an invisible hedge, and it will never be broken. There's an invisible hedge. You will never lose what you have. Your substance is protected. Your substance is preserved in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. And grateful this afternoon. Amen. Lord, we thank you for the hedge that is around us. Amen. We thank you, Lord, for the invisible hedge. Jesus. Father, it is the hedge that is around us Amen. that is visible to the eyes of the Jesus. enemy. For he cometh, he cometh. He says, I go to and fro, Jesus. up and down, Jesus. throughout the earth. But there are certain people that I cannot touch. Jesus. Lord, we thank you that we Amen. are included. 
in the hedge. We thank you that we are within the hedge. We thank you, Lord, that we are part of the hedge. That we will never break the hedge. We will never step outside of the hedge. May the hedge never be removed in the name of Jesus. We thank you, Lord. We give you glory. We give you honor in the name of Jesus. May the hedge be about you and about your children and about all that you have. Anything that concerns you, let there be a hedge about you in the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you for the great hedge that is about us. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Now with all eyes closed and every head bowed, you are here this afternoon. You are not born again. You are saying, Pastor, pray with me. I want to receive Jesus as my Lord and as my Savior. Pray with me. I want to give my life to Jesus. I want to welcome Jesus into my life. You are here this afternoon. If that is your prayer, wherever you are, just lift up your hand and I'll pray with you. Lift up your hand. You are saying, Pastor, pray with me. I want to give my life to Jesus. If that is your prayer this afternoon, you want to welcome Jesus into your life. You say, I am being included in the hedge. I want Jesus in my life. If that is you, lift up your hand and I'll pray for you. Is there anyone here like that? Anyone here like that? Why don't you all join me and say, Lord Jesus, thank you for dying for me. Thank you for dying for me. Lord Jesus. Lord Jesus. I have sinned. I have sinned. I have sinned. I have sinned. I am not worthy. I am not worthy. But this afternoon, but this afternoon, I repent from my sins. I repent from my sins. Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus, forgive me of my sins. Forgive me of my sins. Wash me with your blood. Wash me with your blood. I welcome you into my life. I welcome you into my life. Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus, be my Lord. Be my Lord. Be my master. Be my master. Be my savior. Be my savior. Please write my name. Please write my name in the book of life. In the book of life. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me today. For saving me today. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Why don't you clap your hands together for Jesus? Hallelujah. And please be seated. We believe you've been blessed by this timely and powerful message. We invite you to join us on Sunday afternoons for our Duel of Heaven service and Tuesday evenings for our Word Power service. For more messages by Reverend Brian Kuma, please subscribe to the QFC Bronx North podcast or contact us at. 929-247-0738. Stay blessed.